recording. We're going to do a quick uh, audio sync thing. I'll say, uh, do, 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 uh, okay, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, that'll work actually. Well, it just, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. All right. Uh, welcome back to the podcast. Thank um, you. Thank you very much. Cameron, this is your second time being recorded. The first time didn't work out. Uh, we recorded it, and then we found out it didn't record. Um, that's my fault, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I, I used OBS, and it didn't really didn't really capture. Uh, we haven't had an episode for like a week now. Um, I... After last, uh, after October happened, like October day one, and stopped taking my uh, my audio files, and I think it's something to do with my my account payment mm. <laughs> or something. I might have chose like a free trial, and <laughs> 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 it didn't like that. Um, but I fixed it. I think we're gonna try with this. Awesome. I put some money into it, <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully it goes through. Yeah. Um. Yeah, anyway, so I'll have to introduce you again, Cameron. Or if you want to introduce yourself, you know, uh, who you are, what you do, that sort of stuff. Yeah, uh, my name's Cameron. Uh, I am a college student. Um, I'm Ben's friend. We met at Camp Gorham over the summer. Um, I am a big runner. I run long distance. I am on my school's... Uh, D3 cross-country team, uh, and also track and field as well, long distance. Haven't really had a full season yet because of COVID, but we'll get to that this spring. Um, I am planning to major in chemistry and physics, hopefully, uh, and then we'll see what happens from there. Magnificent. Couldn't I couldn't do running at all. That's very impressive that you have <laughs> <laughs> that. Um, yeah, so let's get into our, into our questions here. We sort of figured these out right before the episode. Um, so there's not there wasn't all that much time for Cameron to think about it, but hopefully he's got some pretty good answers. Mm. Um, I don't doubt it. So we'll start off with question one. Cameron, what is your dream job all right uh jumping right into it um i'd say it's kind of evolved over the years um when i was uh younger you know most people dream about being an astronaut or cowboy or whatever i had no idea what i wanted to do i wasn't really thinking about it either uh i didn't have like a dream profession that i was going into I guess I had a bit of a dream to be an Olympic swimmer at one point. That kind of faded fast, though. Uh, and then as I got further into high school, um, started running more, which uh, high school is where I developed a passion for running. Um, 
I unfortunately got injured quite often, so I spent a lot of time in uh, PT room getting uh, some help from the athletic trainers at my school uh, and just getting treatment for any from anywhere from like a small bit of tendonitis or shin splints to full-on stress fractures. Uh, and being able to go through that experience and have uh, a somewhat personal connection to my athletic trainers in general, it made me have a great deal of respect respect for that profession. And so I thought to myself, like, oh, how cool would it be if I could become a physical therapist when I was older? I would be able to help people through their injuries, help people get back to a strong, healthy body that lets them go through daily life or whatever sport they want to participate in normally and, you know, maybe create some good connections along the way and have fun uh, doing all these stretches or exercises with these people that are having a, a tough time. Um, so for, for a time, uh, I was really uh, interested in pursuing that uh, profession, but not convinced on it. Because it was still like, I was a 16-year-old kid, didn't really know what I was doing or where I wanted to go. I just knew that like, oh, this would be cool if I could do it. Uh, and then I'd say a while later, I was like, well, maybe I don't want to commit myself to physical therapy in particular. Maybe I just want to go into pre-med or something like that so I can get to medical school and then make a... Uh, a more specific decision later on so that I don't have to decide now. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm all about delaying my decisions because I, I still, <laughs> even now, don't know exactly what I want to do. I just have an right. idea of where I want to go. Uh, and this past summer, this past semester has been very uh, helpful for me in terms of uh, giving me some experience in uh, being a camp counselor, giving me uh, some experience on a college campus and in person, being able to experience in-person classes again has really made school a lot more bearable. <laughs> um, but then also just talking to uh, my advisors in person, uh, I've been able to get, I feel like uh, a lot better advice and more enjoyable conversations uh, by being in person than being over Zoom and talking to a person that I haven't really met in my life. Um, and through those conversations and through those experiences, I have developed uh, somewhat of a desire to teach. Uh, and Ooh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know how you feel about that. <laughs> uh, but I just noticed that like, even over the summer, some of my campers would ask me just these vague questions about some science topic or a vague question in general about some topic that I would be able to explain to them. And I found myself getting really invested and in spending a lot of time in my explanations to try and, uh, provide them with an explanation that they could understand, but that was also in-depth enough for them to get excited about it if they wanted to themselves. Uh, and I, I was really excited when I got into those conversations. Um, 
and it was kind of like an aha moment where I was like, wow, this is something that I've kind of always done in my classes. I haven't really noticed it, but I've been teaching my peers throughout the years and it's been just like a part of school for me. But now having this teaching experience at a camp instead, it separated school from the teaching and I realized that I was really enjoying teaching these topics that I had experience with to, you know, 10-year-old <laughs> kids who probably had no idea what I was talking about, but I still loved uh, talking <laughs> to them. Um, and I think since then, I've been more confident in my decision on wanting to kind of explore how I can uh, teach younger kids, but specifically more hard science like chemistry or physics as opposed to other school subjects um, or more uh, middle school or elementary school level science classes. So as I was talking to my advisor this semester, we came up with some possible pathways that I could go through uh, that would uh, provide educa uh, education level uh, classes throughout my college experience, but also have uh, that be a part of my physics major. So it'd be like an interdisciplinary major incorporating mm -hmm. physics and education classes. Uh, a similar thing exists for the chemistry major. We have uh, a, an educational concentration uh, for a chemistry uh, major to pursue that would include very similar classes uh, from the education department as uh, would be required for the physics and uh, education interdisciplinary major. Um, and I think I might have touched on this earlier, but I, I have confidence in myself that this is where I want to go from here. But it, I do not have the confidence to say that this is exactly what I dream to do in the future. Mm. Uh, who I am right now is definitely not who I will be in five to ten years or even 20, which will be impacted by my uh, career decisions right now. Um, and whether or not it's still something that I want to do in that time, it remains to be seen. But I can tell you for sure that right now, this is where I want to go. This is These are the doors I want to have open. Uh, I have, I am enjoying exploring these options and seeing what I might be able to do in the future. Uh, and ultimately, if I can find a job that allows me to teach, learn, uh, and also run outdoors in mountain settings or anything like that, I'd say that would probably be the ideal situation that I find myself in in 10 to 15 years. Here's an idea. What if you started a business? So you got your teaching degree and all that sort of stuff, mm. and you started a business teaching hikers science teaching hikers science yeah 
So it would like, be an outdoor excursion into environmental uh, like science or how or maybe geographic science of how landscapes came to be. Yeah, just just go out there and start running and then like I don't know every 15 minutes you stop and you go like, "All right, so you see this right here? This is science." And then you'd be like, and "You blow their minds." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that would definitely be a very interesting uh, job to have. I think I yeah. would need um, a little bit more exposure to kind of being a hiking guide or something like that. Uh, and, you know, for me, ideally, it would be like, oh, we're going trail running. But <laughs> yeah. for a business, that's, of course, uh, not a good idea because the amount of people that you get to run with you. Oh. They minuscule. Pay so much money. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. They would pay. They would pay me money so that I could walk with them, not run with yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, I I think that sounds like a very uh, romantic idea of the future. Oh yeah. Gotta uh, have good ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so, I guess you know, we'll move on. <laughs> yeah, I'll <laughs> I'll keep all these ideas in my back pocket because yeah, yeah. I don't have the uh, I don't have the resources <laughs> or the uh, knowledge to uh, act on them as of right now. But you know, building up That's a right. bank of ideas for the future. Good, good. That's a good idea. We should put that one in too. Build up ideas for the future. Mm-hmm. That's the next idea you put in there. Okay. Uh, next question. Uh, so, Cameron, I assume you're right-handed, given statistics. I am right-handed. <laughs> we discussed earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, would you, if you had the opportunity to, switch from being right-handed to left-handed? So if there was like a machine, like a closet you walked in, and it changed everything that you could do with your right hand to your left hand, mm-hmm. and vice versa. So it pretty much mirror my uh, m- musculature and yeah. muscle yep. memory. Okay. Um, I'd say, yeah, I mean, why not? <laughs> sure, maybe the uh, equipment, I would have a hard time using scissors, or I would get graphite on my hand while writing. Uh, or something like that, but you can for sure function as a left-handed person in society. I think it would be kind of cool to experience what that's like for a little bit. I mean, can I go back in the machine, or is it a one-time deal? Well, I, I guess so. If if you if you want to go back, but if uh, if there's a machine, it probably means you could go through twice. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's like dangerous if you, you know. Yeah. It's too risky, whatever. <laughs> we'll say you can go through twice. Yeah. Uh, I think it would be interesting to try out, but since I've lived the majority of my life with my right hand, I would find it a little bit weird to suddenly have the urge to do everything with my left hand, and I might want it back to normal after a little bit. So I, I'd get like a free trial. And then, right. you know, after that free trials, I feel like is over. Then I can just be like, all right, I want to go back to being right-handed now, please. Um, 
but it'd definitely be a new experience. It'd be something that I'm curious about. Uh, it'd definitely be very cool to like show up at, with to all my friends and family and be like, "Hey, look at this! Look at what I can do! I can <laughs> pour milk left-handed. I can throw a baseball really fast left-handed." <laughs> I mean, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. I don't know how left-handed people do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, that's a good answer to that question. We'll move on to the next one. All right, Cameron. This is a, a who you are question. All right. So there are a lot of people out there, Cameron. I'm going to ask you why you are who you are. What makes you Cameron? Hmm. This is a very deep question. Uh, I'd, it, it's difficult to get started on an answer. Let's see. All right, all right. Um, I'd say... I mean, we do have seven to eight billion people in the world, and every single one of them have a different set of life life experiences um, that contributes to who they are. I, this is actually sounding pretty similar to what we talked about last time uh, about how I, I was saying there could be an instinct, instinctual self uh, right to a person um, for those of you who are listening and don't know what that uh, episode is talking about Ben asked me a similar question uh, two weeks ago and uh, about like if I am really me mm -hmm. and I said something to the point where uh everyone probably has these instinctual selves that causes them to act a certain way that isn't you know molded by life experience but still at the core we were built with a foundation of how we would act and behave in mind and we are influenced by our experiences but at the very same time we have our set instinct that won't change um, and I'd say what kind of makes up that instinct for myself is I always want to keep moving. I always want to learn. I always want to, you know, be polite. I always want to have an open mind. There are a lot of things that I've just had as behaviors over the years for so long that it's become a part of my identity. Um, I've been told uh, stories by my parents of when I was a baby. I would uh, basically like cry out in the night and they would, you know, get up and go visit me. And then eventually they wanted to make me sleep through the whole night. So their strategy was to just let me cry until I stopped crying. 
that didn't exactly work out because I cried for like 90 minutes uh-huh. and forced them to get up and come <laughs> come get me. <laughs> it was almost like I was aware of the fact that they could hear me, so I wasn't going to give up until they come over to me. Um, that liver of persistence and stubbornness, I think, has stuck <laughs> with me since then. Uh, I've always had a knack of um, like... If I start trying something, I'm not going to give up until I get like a good effort on it or something. I I see the fruits of my efforts kinds of thing. Um, Similarly, I've heard stories from my parents of when I was younger that like I learned once I did learn to walk and crawl, I always wanted to move around pretty quickly. I never really stayed in one place too long. Even when they put me in the crib for a nap, I would like sleep through the nap. And then as soon as I would get up from the nap, I would crawl. I like, I would like climb out of the crib myself and then start crawling away from the crib (laughs) Uh, or something like that. Um, I think that transferred really nicely into my just natural love of running in general. Uh, it feels it it feels really good when i go out for a run it feels good when i move around a lot i am just generally i I want to be an active person i think that's part of my identity as well um and then going off of what i said earlier as well i want to learn a lot um youtube is a very popular uh, video site and I got into it pretty young um, I I had an iPod when I was younger and I remember I started using the app when they still had that TV as the app oh logo oh my god so I've <laughs> <laughs> I've been on there for quite a while it's been oh gee um, oh, yeah, and I've used it pretty consistently ever since then. Yeah. Um, sometimes for just silly, funny videos or gameplay videos of games that I like or clips of TV shows is another popular one that uh, I might visit occasionally for a relaxing video. But I also love to just go on there and watch Kurtz Kazat or... I don't know, videos similar to Crash Course or all these uh, short educational or video essay type uh, videos that analyze this particular TV show or something like that. Cinema therapy is something that I've gotten into recently where, you know, they have a movie director and a professional therapist and they react to a movie and they tell you what you think. And that's been pretty interesting, but... I've always loved to find these sort of kind of educational, kind of entertaining forms of content on YouTube. And it's it's a great platform for it if you want to find those kinds of videos. And, you know, I you'd be surprised by what kinds of things you can just, like, pick up and then be like, oh, in a conversation, oh, yeah, I remember I like watched a cool video where they talked about this and this and this and 
<laughs> my mom uh, used to be concerned about how much time I spent on my phone or how much time I spent playing video games. And then she figured out that, oh, I actually <laughs> watch a lot of educational content by my own mm -hmm. choice. So she worried a little bit less about that, I feel like. Yeah. 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 Um, that kind of insatiable thirst for learning, even in my own, uh, you know, free time when I'm in engaging in entertainment or content that's supposedly supposed to numb your brain or whatever. I always try to find something, uh, what's the word for it? Ah, <laughs> invigorating or something like that. Oh yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> Stimulating. Stimulating ah, to the brain. That's yeah. That's the word I was searching for. Um kind of like invigorating a little better, but <laughs> Yeah. And then just those those are things that I feel like I've always had with me. That's kind of part of my instinctual self. Mm -hmm. uh, things that I've learned as a result of my life experiences, though, um, my desire to be open-minded, my desire to be polite uh, and nice to everyone, and you know, be able to see multiple perspectives. That was uh, a part of me that has been basically. I learned it from my parents. My parents were able to teach me either through experience or. Uh, you know, direct talking to, or I would be able to view their actions and adapt accordingly. Um, I kind of feel like however they raised me, I ended up with a sort of personality where I never really focus on myself as the center of attention. I look to others to do that for me and mm -hmm. I support them in that effort and then I might, you know, engage with them as the center of attention for a little bit, but I never seek out the center of attention for myself to try to get more eyes on me. Um, I feel that, you know, just it's morally good for me to be polite to everyone I meet. Uh, that's something that I've learned from, you know, the environment I was brought up in. Uh, yeah, I, all these things that I'm talking about really help to... show everybody who I am. It gives me my own personality, my own spark. Uh, and I think mm -hmm. that sets me apart from everybody else in, you know, if you boil it down to what traits I have, it might not be that unique, but especially if you spend time with me, you will see that the way I, I, uh, kind of exhibit those traits are different from what you would expect in a stereotypical 
oh, you have this persistent, uh, curious uh, guy who likes to run. Like, that's a very basic mm -hmm. description. But I make it my own. I think that kind of answers the question as best I can answer it. That's pretty good. We'll have to put you on the chopping block for uh, what the listeners think. I don't. I think it was a pretty good answer, but you know. Yeah, good. we'll see what they think. <laughs> yeah, I, I do yeah. realize that that was a little bit long. Sometimes it it was a little over the place, but I hope I got my point across in a timely manner. <laughs> no such thing as timely. Let's just start and end. Mm -hmm. All right. Cam, are you an introvert or an extrovert? Oh, I am an introvert. Introvert. All right. Why do you say that? Uh oh. I do not like new situations. Um I am not one to speak up first in terms of a group setting, uh, unless I have a specific knowledge to that setting. Um so if I am placed in a new group, I have to feel out sort of how the group acts, how they think, how they interact with each other to get the social vibe before I'm confident enough to present myself as who I actually am. Um, I feel that I, in, in most social situations, my tendency is to sit back and observe and see how everybody acts and who I want to get closer to before I insert myself in conversation and start to open up. Um, same thing goes with like public speaking. I get nervous when I speak in front of a lot of people because, you know, in the, I know that, you know, they, my classmates might not care whether or not I mess up or not, but it care it matters to me that they know that I have a good level of knowledge and that they can trust me as a classmate or something like that. And a lot can be said about a person in one presentation from public speaking or something like that. That's very accurate. <laughs> so I, I get nervous during that. Um, yeah, I don't know. How how else would you identify an introvert, Ben? Uh, well, so I could see introverts before they act, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can tell. I can tell uh, by the shape of their face. <laughs> an introvert or an extrovert. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know. That's kind of just a given, you know, 80% accurate thing that I have. Mm. I can't say it's all the way accurate. It's cause it's not, but it's, it's pretty, it's pretty close. Yeah. Um, and introverts, they, they tend to, uh, to look at a lot of places at once. That's what I'll say. Yeah. That's a good description. Introverts will look at things differently than extroverts. Like, you'll see their eyes move in a different way. Hmm. Um, that's how you tell. Especially if you're, like, if you're if you're looking at them and they see you looking at them, then you'll know, like, immediately. Um, 
Because their eyes like dart off in a certain direction. (laughs) (laughs) I do do that, so (laughs) it applies to me at least. Yeah. Uh, And first, if you, if you, as an extrovert, well, so I'm not, I'm not an extrovert technically, but I'm, I play an extrovert as the character that I play when I talk to new people. Mm. Um, and, uh, well, when, when you walk up to somebody as well, playing an extrovert, uh, and that somebody is an introvert, um, then you could, you could tell just, they just, the, the way they move, how they look at you. It's very subtle cues that make it very obvious. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, I guess we'll go on to the next question. If you have time, how much time do you have left, Cameron? I have plenty of time, Ben. Okay, great. We'll go on to another question. Go, still going on introverts and extroverts. Um, if you had a team. Of, of, I don't know, just a team to do some project. You had to come up with a solution to a problem. Would you prefer um, more introverts, more extroverts, or uh, an even mix? Hmm. That's an interesting question. Uh, I'd say I'd probably choose a mix. I think, um, you know, in terms of who's an introvert and who's an extrovert uh, really matters for when you want to start getting the project going or when you need to talk about something in the project together extroverts definitely have an easier time speaking up to the group to announce how they're feeling about the group project or announce the ideas they have for the group project to kind of get the train rolling. Uh, And I think uh, introverts have a harder time doing that, but they also have really good listening skills. So they will less often try to compete with uh, ideas of with ideas of their own, like immediately push back on an idea and say, "Hey, your great your idea sounds great, but I also have this great idea." Mm-hmm. Introverts, I feel like, would less often say that and more often be like, "Listen to the proposal made by the other person, and then consider it in relation to their own, and then make a decision uh, about whether or not they still want to propose their own idea." So, in, in that sense. It'd be nice to have, you know, not just a giant debate table with people shouting ideas out and stuff like that. Worst case scenario, that happens. But, like, um, I think a good mix provides an, an easy uh, discussion environment. And then also introverts are – this is a generalization. Introverts are generally uh, easier to work with in silence which is most of the time what would happen during a group project is like you have a good discussion, you assign roles, and then you kind of work on your own uh, to 
get the project done and then convene back or something like that, unless you're working actively together on some problem set or something like that. Um, I will say, though, that whether or not you're an introvert or an extrovert does not determine if you will be good at your job. Uh, okay, key point there, key point. Yeah. So <laughs> it could be, you know, extroverts and introverts, there's no one better at their job or not. On this specific project, you could have a person who does not talk to you, won't present ideas, and then does a great job once you actually have a plan because you tell them what to do. And they're like, okay, I'll go do that. And then they do it, and they come back, and they, they have this thing done. And maybe they added their own flair to it, and it's amazing because you can add it into the entire project. You're like, oh, my gosh, this is great. Thank you so much. Uh, but then you could also have someone who doesn't talk and puts no effort into your project. And you're, that's the most annoying because it feels like you have an extra weight, weight on your shoulder mm -hmm. um, that you just can't get rid of. Uh, of course, you could also have an extrovert who's really proactive, gets the group discussion going, uh, and then continues to work hard throughout the project. Then you could also have an extrovert who goofs off the entire time, distracts people from doing their work and stuff like that. Uh, and that can get pretty <laughs> annoying as well. Uh, these are all types of people that we've all seen in life. Um... And I think just having a good mix of introverts and extroverts to kind of get back to my original point is just good for overall discussion. But apart from that, the ratio of introvert to extrovert doesn't have a great impact on how I feel like a group project will go in general. All right. So if there was like a group of complete introverts and a group of complete extroverts their outcome uh wouldn't be substantially different based on that right they would just have you know they might have more friction or uh less friction depending on uh you know getting started but once a once a good group gets the ball rolling they're gonna fly if you have anyone in the group who is not putting their effort in, that's going to provide uh, friction in terms of getting the project done overall, which won't have an impact on or won't be influenced by whether or not they're an introvert or extrovert that much. That was a pretty good answer. All right. Um, it's going to be like a... a who do you like better question like a first this versus this do you it's like uh, uh bill nye versus neil degrasse tyson <laughs> who's better who do you like more uh these are both amazing guys <laughs> <laughs> i think uh oof. They each have their great moments. I'm going to say Neil deGrasse Tyson, though, uh, just because I, I have followed a little bit more of his work 
and you know some of the extra things he's done because he's so famous for his uh, astrophysicist job. Um, Bill Nye has a great TV show. Yes, I just think that Neil deGrasse Tyson's a little bit cooler. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Now, uh, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson or Michael from Vsauce? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I think uh, I'm going to have to go with Neil deGrasse Tyson again. Ah, what? <laughs> That's not even possible. Michael from <laughs> Vsauce, what a character. He he does his he does a great job on his videos, and he definitely uh, has a great production process because his videos are very entertaining. But, you know, I still think that Neil deGrasse Tyson just has that extra edge. I think he's just... I don't know. I like listening to Neil deGrasse Tyson talk a little bit more than I like listening to Michael Vsauce talk. Oh, man. <laughs> well, oh, that's your opinion, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> my opinion. Oh, all right. Okay, fine. Be that way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing that you have your own opinion on this as well. You seem eager oh, to no, share. I'm, I'm not biased at all. I did not ask the question biased. It was perfectly two and two both ways. Just right. <laughs> Vsauce is better. That's what it is. Okay. No bias. Not biased. Of course not. Never. It's just... It's just a fact. Okay. <laughs> uh, and it's okay to be wrong sometimes, Cameron. But... That's right, Ben. It is okay to be wrong sometimes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't <laughs> put that back on me. That was to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shh. Get out of here. Neil deGrasse. I have his buck. His, his Welcome to the Universe buck. It's a pretty good buck. Mm-hmm. Not as good as Vsauce, uh, but that's okay. Okay. Um, we'll do another one of the this versus this. Apple juice or orange juice? Apple juice, one hundred percent. Okay, that's pretty quick. Did yeah. Reason? Uh, so orange juice, it's great, but it makes it makes me produce uh mucus in my throat a little bit. Like, maybe the acidity of the drink is a little bit too much for my esophagus or something, so it feels the need to produce more mucus afterwards. Uh, But apple juice doesn't do that for me, Uh, so I enjoy drinking it more. It also just tastes better. All right, now that's that's where you're wrong. Apple (laughs) juice tastes better. (laughs) Apple juice does taste better than orange juice, Ben. This is a fact. No, no, no. It's not a fact. <laughs> okay. So, I will use that's fine. Um Now what about apple pie versus pumpkin pie? Ooh, I'm going to have to go with apple pie again. All right. Uh that's not that's not that substantial. It's yeah. Okay. Uh I actually had a comparison just last night. I had a piece of apple oh, really? pie and a piece of pumpkin pie. And I think 
the apple pie that I had last night was really good. They were, uh, I'm pretty sure they're the Cisco apple pies. Oh. And it was probably also a Cisco pumpkin pie. I love Cisco apple pie. Yeah. Especially if you like warm it up, put a little bit of ice cream in there. A little vanilla, uh, French vanilla beans. Mm -hmm. That Mm. sounds really good. I'm lactose intolerant though, so it's it's only good for about forty five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So you don't do you like pumpkin pie? Like, uh, that... I think you know I've I've tried it a couple times this semester. I hadn't actually had it beforehand. Um, wow. It is it's decent. I'd say in terms of pumpkin flavored. Uh, bakery items, not as good as pumpkin bread. Or pumpkin bread. Oh, I've never had that. Yeah, pumpkin bread. That's where it's at. Uh, to write that down. Yeah, my dining hall has also occasionally made like pumpkin chocolate chip muffins or pumpkin chocolate chip pancakes. Those have also been pretty good, but I'd still say that pumpkin bread is the way to go uh, if you want. A good uh, pumpkin bakery item. Pumpkin bread, new item, new item, pumpkin bread. Put that there, that's a good thing to go and go and look for, because that sounds pretty good. Because I like pumpkin pie. I'm a big fan of pumpkin pie, actually. Hmm. So if there's something better, we'll, we'll try to find it. <laughs> this is a pretty actually debated topic that pumpkin pie versus apple pie versus other pies because mm-hmm. not a lot of people like pumpkin pie for some reason really um yeah i well, think it's just because uh, they're weirdos they just don't understand good pie that's okay <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah the texture of the pumpkin pie is just very different from all other pies too so it yeah, could be that true. yeah possibly um, nothing better than a pumpkin, mashed pumpkin that's been dried in an oven. It's delicious. <laughs> mm. I don't think I've ever had that. It's pumpkin pie. Yeah. That is. Oh. <laughs> okay. Wow. I really, that went over my head. <laughs> it's okay, Cameron. It's okay. I'm a, I'm a. I made pumpkin pie before, and it was fantastic. I didn't eat it. I gave it to somebody, but it was fantastic making it. Mm-hmm. Um, they use, like, pumpkin pie pumpkins, these little tiny things. They bake, and you can, like, scoop it out with a spoon, and just eating the pumpkin is delicious before you put any, like, spices in it. Um, and... Probably, probably uh, not very common to do that because uh, I don't think people people think it tastes very good, but I think it tastes really good. Mm. Um, so anybody out there listening, go try it. Go get yourself a pumpkin pie pumpkin. Follow a pumpkin pie recipe to bake it um, and then just eat a spoonful of it before you put any seasoning in it. See what you think. I think it's pretty good. It's like a yam. Yeah. Like yams, hmm. pretty similar. 
Um, I don't know if I would like that. It's 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 uh, yeah. I don't like yams, <laughs> but I like that. Uh, so I don't know why I made the yam comparison. It's close to yams. We'll say it's close to yams. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sweet potatoes and such. Um, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Regular fries or sweet potato fries? Uh, I think it honestly depends on the where I'm getting the fries from and what kind of mood I'm in. I think most of the time, I would go with regular fries. Uh, regular fries that are properly salted. Right. Right. Uh, These are, but, we're talking high quality here. This is not. Yeah, yeah. High quality salted fries. Those would be amazing. So I think I'd slightly prefer regular fries to sweet potato fries. But I, I do also love me some good sweet potato fries when I'm in the good when I'm in a good mood form. Mm-hmm. We had sweet potato fries in my uh, high school cafeteria for lunch um, every once in a while and one day they were just particularly good uh, we didn't have them all the time actually before this we didn't it was like the first time we had them hmm. uh, the head chef was trying something new and I was like yeah these are pretty good I told him I was like yeah these are pretty good fries and then he <laughs> it was like three times a week after that <laughs> he's made <laughs> up Sweet potato fries, and everyone was everyone was mad at me because I told them they were good. <laughs> and it, ugh, it was not good. Um, the fries were good. I thought so. Nobody else did. Uh, they were they were upset that I had I had influenced <laughs> <laughs> influenced the head chef. They just didn't have good taste then. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Everybody else is wrong, not me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. Okay. So there's all the the controversial controversial things out of the way. Went through. Oh, here here's another one. You're gonna get some hate for <laughs> front toilet paper. Do you put the 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 loose uh, the the loose side on the front? Or the back. The front. Or two are away. The front? The front. Now, is that, like, a super important thing for you? If I'm setting up the paper, uh, if I'm setting up the toilet paper, I always do it on the front. Okay. If it's on the back, I don't think, unless it's, like, my own personal role, I would not take the time to switch it around. All right. Uh, just because I don't care t- that much, but I do always prefer it on the front. All right. I'm uh, uh, take it from the middle sort of guy, so I really no <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, I was gonna make it. I was gonna try to think of ways to make a joke out of it, like. Oh, yeah, I cut the roll in half, and I just take it like sheets of paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like a semicircle per per wipe. Yeah, yeah, it's all you get. It's all you need. Mm-hmm. That's what uh, toothbrushes are for. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Uh, 
That that's <laughs> special. Like there's always like a toothbrush in a cup. You don't know whose it is. Just <laughs> that's what it's for. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> that's so gross. That's so gross. Um. Yeah. So there's your toilet paper, by the way. So you're you're a front of the roll toilet paper sort of guy. There, I, I there's a lot of people around where I live that are put in the back. Um, I think it's just a culture thing. Whether you have it in the front or the back. Hmm. Maybe we're all just. Oh, you know? Do you think? No, here's a question. Do you think left-handed people put it backwards and right-handed people put it forwards more often? Uh, no, I don't think it matters that much whether you're right-handed or left-handed. Uh, here's what does matter though, is when, when you pull the toilet paper and you rip it off, there is a slight chance that there will be just enough toilet paper, uh, that it like sticks to the roll. And if you have it on the back, that means you can't just grab and pull. You have to like put your entire hand on the roll and push it so that the thing comes out, right? Mm. If mm. it's on the front, you do not have to do that. You can just take the piece and continue to pull. And even if it goes around the back and uh, like is too far back for you to reach, it like gravity will just pull it down and have it hang. So there's really no debate here. Putting it on the front is just factually better. Ooh, so now you're coming with like, all right, okay. So now you're a, a dedicated front man. All right, I, like, <laughs> I see. It, it, it's, it's, it's just better. I don't care that much about whether it is on or whether it's on the correct way or not. I just know that it is better. I'm not going to take the time to fix it if I see it like that, but I know the right way and I know the wrong way. <laughs> all right. Okay. So now you're. Okay. All right. Sure. Works for me. I'm not a. I'm neither. I'm a neither. It doesn't matter to me. I, uh, mm -hmm. I go with the flow. Um, who needs toilet paper anyway, right? Uh, <laughs> doesn't even matter if you don't use any. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is technically true, but you should use it if you Again, need it. That's what the toothbrush is for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gosh. All right. Yeah, use toilet paper, people. Come on. Gosh, don't be weird. <laughs> sponsored by toilet paper that's what we're going to be sponsored by today. toilet paper make sure to put that in somewhere we'll do that right now you have heard already it is sponsored by toilet paper don't get the, the one ply stuff get the two ply stuff that's the good stuff one ply it'll work but you know it's 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 uh, kind of mediocre at it's job um, of course, if, you, if you're, you know, if you want to 
save a buck or two, go for the one ply. You could just fold it in half, and then it's two ply. But eh, over overall, overall, if you could afford the two ply, go for the two ply at least. I don't know. I don't know anything really about toilet paper. There could be like three or four or five ply, but it seems like that'd be a waste. Maybe just use paper towels instead at that point. <laughs> it's so weird. Um. Yeah. Anyway. Sponsored by Toilet Paper. If you want to go buy toilet paper, there's a bunch at uh, basically every uh, every store that's ever existed. Um, general supply stores, you'll get toilet paper because it's a co- common uh, common thing that people need. Um, yeah. Otherwise, go to www.com forward slash buy toilet paper now. That's www.com forward slash buy toilet paper now. I use toilet paper at least twice a week. Uh, on a good, <laughs> on a good week. Uh, that's a joke. That's a joke. I use toilet paper every time I go to the bathroom. Um, which is, which is, uh, once a day, I'm lactose intolerant. Kind of happens once or twice. <laughs> if I eat cheese, uh, that that's happened. Hey, anyway, anyway, uh, you, gosh, you know you need toilet paper then. Um, yeah, go get toilet paper. It's good for you. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's an important thing for a lot of people. Put it however you want, frontward, backwards. Toilet paper is toilet paper either way. Um, maybe we could just start a business. That's a business idea, starting a, a frontward toilet paper business and a backward toilet paper. Like left twix and right twix, yeah. That's what it is. That's, that's what we're doing. Anyway, uh, we don't have time to continue, so uh, on with the podcast. All right, we're done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, Welcome back. Um, okay, so here's the situation, Cameron. You walk into a friend's house. You've never been there before, right? Mm. They want you to feel comfortable, like you know, make yourself a home, sort of thing. Uh, they they uh, tell you to go get uh, a cup from their their cupboard right and in their cupboard there's two sides there's the sides of of glass cups and the side of plastic cups Mm -hmm. the glass club the glass cups are all uh, adult cups you know they're like um, big 12 ounce glasses and the plastic cups are these little rinky dink eight ounces sort of things you know what i mean Mm -hmm. which one do you choose I would probably go with uh, the glass cup. All right. Okay. Um, Even if it's like, you know, you're going to, what if I drop the cup? Oh, no. I won't drop the cup. Okay. Better (laughs) man than me, then. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Plus, I mean, you just go for the bigger glass whenever you can, right? I mean, I, I, I mean, there's a limit to that. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, a, there is the a limit base, to it. But... It's in the back. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the, I'm a plastic cup sort of guy. I was kind, of, I was kind of looking for some, <laughs> someone, someone else to say. Oh yeah, I go for plastic cups. But, okay. Uh, uh, I don't know. I just. When you put your lips up to a plastic cup, it just doesn't feel good when you're using a glass cup. 
because the glass is just smooth. The plastic yeah. can be kind of rough. Makes sense. And then it's also like if some of the plastic is starting to get shaven off or something like that, then in the back of my head I'm always like, oh, what if I just drink some water and a piece of plastic drifts into the water and I swallow some plastic? Then plastic would be inside me. It's okay. Plastic's not toxic. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you burn it. That's true. Don't burn garbage. It's illegal to burn garbage, I think. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I think it is too. I def I've definitely burned at least um, 500 pounds of garbage, but that's okay. <laughs> is that including uh, your couch? No. <laughs> nope. No. <laughs> Uh, uh where it's a big big fire <laughs> big fire <laughs> um don't burn couches either 1970s couches are not flame resistant at all there's no there's like nothing not even a little bit it's like lighting a match but it's a couch there's nothing you can do to stop it once it's struck yeah um, what is that? All right, so another scenario. You're at a barbecue, right? You go to a barbecue, like a backyard barbecue, hmm. we'll say. Everybody brings a bunch of food or whatever. Uh, what dish do you go for first? At a barbecue? Yeah. Hmm. I'd probably say mashed potatoes and baked beans. Oh. Woo! That was a good answer. That's a good one. Yeah. Tell you you're right with that one. <laughs> uh, now, do you like... Go ahead. Go. You first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely like uh, mashed potatoes... They're like a little bit, well, they don't have to be creamy, but it, it's okay. nice if they're a little bit salty. I'm a favorite, I'm a, I'm a fan of a little bit salty food. Right. Um, and then the baked beans are just a staple. I mean, yeah, you gotta you have baked, baked beans, beans at a barbecue. Gotta have baked beans. It's important. Mm -hmm. I, the other day I ate a whole can of baked beans. It was like. 18 ounces of baked beans. Giant baked beans. That sounds fantastic. amazing. I I almost threw up afterwards because 18 ounces of anything <laughs> is kind of a lot. <laughs> yeah, kind of a lot. that's kind of a lot. But I mean, hey, a, they're the magical fruit. So, yeah. Got no other choice. It's in the song. Do you like all right, so here's the thing. Do you like uh do you like ribs? Ooh. Uh I actually had some nice pork ribs the other night. They were like boneless too, which I was really surprised by. <laughs> I was expecting like bones in my ribs. Uh but are, no. Normally are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in ribs. <laughs> in it's ribs, in the name. Yeah. Um But yeah, I'd say I'm generally a fan of ribs. Uh, whenever I would go to 
like a barbecue house when I was younger, I think I would get the ribs mm-hmm. uh, if I could because, I don't know, it was a, like a fun meal to have, plus it tasted really p- pretty good. Yeah. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, debate about proper ribs. Um, stuff like, should it be completely fall off the bone? You know, do you want, do you want completely tenderized meat? Which I'm a fan of. I like the, uh, the uh, you, you really don't have to chew it sort of sort of ribs. Mm-hmm. Um, some people like the, the, uh, more you have to take a big bite out of it um, to get the meat off the bone because it's still a little stuck on. Which do you which do you prefer? I think. Um... If, if if it sticks to the bone a little bit, but then comes off in chunks when you do bite mm. it, that's probably when I would uh, like it the most. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Just, I, I don't like any connective tissues in my in my <laughs> foods. And you just cook it all away. Yeah. Um, I eat chicken wings. Oh, here's one thing that's crazy about me, apparently. I eat chicken wings completely crisped up. So when I worked at um, worked at a bar, we made chicken wings all the time. And for like, you get a meal every every shift. And uh, I made chicken wings, and I would cook them for like thirty minutes. And you're only supposed to cook them for twelve, so they get super 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 crispy. Um, they're like tortilla chips. That's what I told people. Um, make them like tortilla chips. They're delicious. So maybe that goes into the uh, into the no connective tissue thing. Yeah, maybe it's because uh, maybe it goes back. So I have uh, uh, I got a thing where my my connective tissue is is pretty stretchy. It's Ehlers Danlos syndrome. I'm not diagnosed with it, but my mom has it, and I have symptoms for it. Um, maybe I don't want to. I don't want other people's connective tissue because it's going to mess mine up more or whatever. Maybe if you eat the connective tissue, it'll become your own. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's why I have, maybe that's why I have LSJ syndrome. Because <laughs> I don't eat, <laughs> I don't eat connective tissues. That would be maybe very I'm interesting. That. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Then how do you explain yes. how uh, vegans don't have Eller standard syndrome? They must all have it. They got it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way. It's the only way. Unless like other, there are connective tissue vegetables. I can't think of any. Unless you eat like the rinds off of watermelon. <laughs> 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 That's connective tissue. I don't know if it's the same. Probably not. I'm not. I'm no biologist, or uh, any. I don't know anything about connective tissue, really. Um, but it's probably the same. If I were to guess, <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we have like three minutes left of recording space. Um, so we're going to go with one more question. Um, 
do you prefer the sunrise or the sunset? Mm. That is a tough question. I definitely appreciate both. I think I'm going to go with sunset, though. Mm, good choice. Good answer. Yeah. <laughs> that was the right choice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, something about getting up before sunrise just isn't too appealing to me anymore. <laughs> um, I did it a whole bunch during high school for morning practices, getting up at like 5.30 in the morning to go swim or go run. I guess it was it was nice to go run, uh, like on a cold, wet turf, right. barefoot, and then have the sunrise and be able to see that. That was really nice. But um, getting up in the morning, in the dead winter, and going to swim, eh? Y you know, I, I can I can live without doing that. <laughs> uh, sunset. You just get to relax at the end of the day, winding down, and the sky's winding down with you. It's pretty nice. Yeah, it's poetic. Exactly. It's life. It's art. It is art. Life. Art. It's beautiful. Anyway, so that's all the time we got for today. Uh, thanks, Cameron, for coming on. Thank you so much for having me again, Ben. Yes, yes. Hopefully hopefully the recording works out mine's still going which is good and I hope uh, nothing goes wrong with yours coming into mine or whatever right either way thanks for coming of course that's it